and I think Kate, looking back, if you do wind up interviewing her, <laughs> I think looking back, she sees it as um, as a broadening experience totally. and, a, and a huge adventure. Yeah. And what was so great on the trip are things like like when there was a hurricane and, and John was away and I had to handle everything. For Kate, for me, it was a it was really stressful. Yes. For Kate, it was a huge adventure. Totally. Her, for her and her friends, oh my God, this was so much fun. It was so boring before that. Uh -huh. Now here here comes some excitement. That's Susan Cole, and this is the Rain Studios podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Rain Studios podcast. It has been a minute, and I am over the moon and delighted to bring you a conversation between me and Susan Cole the brand new author of a novel called Holding Fast. Um, this is one of the best books I've picked up in years. It, I didn't want to put it down. It was like a breeze through read that, and you just, you just don't want this kind of story to end. Um, without giving anything away, Holding Fast is for those of us who thirst for adventure. Um, this is a tale of a woman and a man who fall in love and but you know Susan isn't um disnifying this thing here. She is very vulnerable, very raw and very true to the emotional landscape of what it's like to fall in love um young and to make mistakes and to set sail literally on um, some of the most incredible adventures. Um, and all of this is true. These are all true stories. These are all real life adventures. And one of the most astounding things about this story is that Susan and her husband, her partner, John Russell, were some of the world's first like um, media advertising nomads. And what I mean by that is like they're sort of flagship like van life Instagrammers, except for their sailboat life or boat life. Um, Susan and John meet in advertising, this totally romantic, incredibly depicted. You can smell, taste, touch, and feel all of the scenes um, depicted in this story, which is one of my favorite qualities um, about um, authors and their books. And just that, that visceral, you know, in the, um, in the conversation I say, like, I think Anthony Bourdain, rest his heart, um, would just be head over heels for this novel. It's like a family, um, but sort of um, acting similarly to Anthony Bourdain in these adventurous, um, you know, world travels and um, just nestling into local communities wherever they go and but and meanwhile so one of the most like just of the now parts of this book is that they're digital nomads without the digital era they are working in advertising with huge big name companies um in the 70s they're sort of flagship creators and um, but then they're working remotely from a sailboat in the Caribbean or in the Yucatan or in Sa Central America. And they're like flying, taking puddle jumpers back and forth and living in little um, villages and little coastal towns and little um, inlets and, and safe harbors. And 
gosh, there's hurricanes and there's, you know, wildlife. And I don't want to give too much of it away here, but it's just such an epic adventure. And it's like Instagram before Instagram. I mean, they are you know, sort of slinging advertising um, meetings in the city and, um, you know, getting really big jobs. And and then they're like packing up back into their little car and, you know, driving back to the wharf and then getting on their boat or, or going so far as to um, fly from quite remote um, airstrips in Central and South or Central America and the Caribbean. And and it's just amazing, you know, like from from the bush in Guatemala up to um, or the jungles of Guatemala, rather, up to um, up to, you know, like Madison Avenue in Manhattan in one day. Um, but this is, you know, back in the 70s, 80s and 90s is um, sort of where the story takes place. So um, without further ado, enjoy this incredible read. And Susan's already working on her next book and I'm already so excited. (laughs) Um, Hopefully she does this one a little bit quicker because this book she's been working on for 13 years. Oh, so stoked. So proud of you, Susan. This is such an amazing book. Um, Please um, check it out. It's holding fast, available online on Amazon. All the, um, links will be in the show notes here. And, um, I guess one more little personal bit is my connection to Susan is she's my brother-in-law's (laughs) mother-in-law. Um, Damien's brother, Alex Reed married Kate Russell, who is daughter of Susan Cole and John Russell. So the main characters in this story are my sister-in-law, Kate, and Susan and John. So, so much love to all the Russells and Cole families and uh, much love to you, Kate, and your beautiful new baby and your darling husband. And yeah, thanks for, thanks for being with me this, this evening of pod. (laughs) All right, without further ado, Susan Cole for Holding Fast. Um, okay. I want more of, I, there's a couple of things. <laughs> mind oh, you, right. mind you, I just finished the book in the car here. Oh. And I was like crying outside. Oh, you were? Yes. <laughs> yes. To oh. all of my listeners, it's, there's light, but there's also heavy. And right. it's like, which is such a beautiful cascade, you know, like it's so like real life. It's so, it's so well written. But the problem that I'm having is that uh, it's like a cliffhanger in a way because I want more. And like the way that the way that like television or not television, oh my God, I'm showing my age. The way that um, he's perfectly good. We're being graced by Ollie, the little orange kitty. Okay. Um, but the way that like Netflix, the way that like programs and stuff happen nowadays, yes. you're always expecting. He's going to scratch you. He's okay. I'm going to get rid of him. Okay. But you know me. how you're always like, like you're like you're waiting for the next episode, right. or like like a lot of things recently like have us all thinking that we have the liberty of knowing more. And I guess since I know you, I feel like I have the liberty of knowing more, <laughs> which is not true. But it's like, like what happened to me after something. Or? Well, like yeah, but like when each story, I just like want more. You know, oh. it's like there's so much. They'll do a sequel. Yeah, I just think you could. I totally think you could. Time for a sequel. I mean, oh my God. But yeah, 
it's um I'm yeah I mean I was just I'm so I'm, I'm so like impressed and well I don't want to say anymore I want to wait until okay. you're ready until you're ready to go okay okay go back to my breathing yeah so I'm a little nerved up about my it's all real now the launch party I bet <laughs> Right, like you wrote a book and like I wrote it's a book happening. and I'm gonna have to stand in front of all these people. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them why I wrote it. It's happening. Oh well this is a this is a really good like prelim yes. then for that. Yes, and it's with you and you know, which is good because I'm yeah. comfortable. Good. <laughs> I love it. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so sitting with Susan Cole, I guess I just name dropped you already. Um, uh, new author, um, but has been writing for a long time. Right? The process of Holding Fast started? Started in, well, kind of officially when I thought it might be a book was 2007. It was the first time I took a class at University of Iowa. Okay. And um, I kind of had it in my head. Mm-hmm. But I, I had written about it before that, but just scraps. Yeah. That was and you reference that in the book. You yeah. reference when you started writing the mm -hmm. stories, which was cool. Yeah, and it was it was long, partly because um, I wasn't where I needed to be on the writing writing mm -hmm. um, craft, but also just life happening, you yeah. know. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I know there's so many of us. I feel like that say like, God, I need to write a book. You know, so many people say that all the time because I feel like when you get into it, anyone who's willing to be honest and like open and authentic everyone's story is like worth writing about, you know, if they're being true. If you can find that and yeah. are able to express it. Yeah. But this story is unique <laughs> and very special. And I do have to say, so Susan and I have a relationship outside of just my, like, I would, I would seek you out with a story like this, but I know Susan, because what are you to me? You're my mother-in-law in law. Like double in law? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm your. What is Alex? Well, Alex, I'm your brother in law. Is he your brother in law, Alex? Alex is my brother in law. I'm your brother in law's mother in law. <laughs> this is my brother in law's mother in law. <laughs> yes. But, you know, and I feel like from day one, we've had yeah. a very nice, easy I remember, connection. I remember when I first came here and I came to your yoga place yes. and we hugged. <gasps> Oh my God, I remember And that I was, it was just, um, oh. I just remember feeling okay. I remember that yeah. too. Yes, it was Yoga Nidra. Yeah. Oh my gosh, thank you for, yeah, because I remember it being special, but that was, that was really special. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> so yes, Kate is my brother-in-law's mother-in-law. Kate, <laughs> Susan is my brother-in-law's mother-in-law. So um, we have a relationship, and um, and I've kind of been knowing that this book was in the process um, because Alex, Damien's brother, has been helping you piece it together and and kind of like keep me on schedule. Yes, he's very he's like organized, oxygenating the fire. Yes. <laughs> it's been so helpful. To yes, me. so helpful. He's so good at that. So yeah, shout out to Uncle Alex Reed and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Kate, who is um, Susan's daughter, mentioned quite a bit in the book. She's uh, She's one of the main, main characters. Character, yes. yes. I've learned so much about her and um, the family. So it's, yeah, I'm, I don't want to derail and make it about our relationship the whole time, but it is special. 
you know, it's really, I mean, Damien and I, it's so funny. So we actually have the first signed copy, which I have to say that on the podcast. <laughs> Susan signed the copy of the book that she gave us at our house and it was monumental. We forgot to take a picture. So we will take a picture at some point today. Oh, yes, um, we should take a picture. Oh, we will. We will. Um, but so the, yeah, the book signing happened and, um, what else? I wanted to touch on that. Um, the launch coming. Oh gosh. Well, we'll do, okay, we'll do we'll that, that at the end. Okay. That's for, and we will also put all of that in the show notes. So don't worry people. Okay. There's, yeah, there's launches, there's book signings, there's all kinds yeah, of fun okay. things happening. Um, but I was going to say, I guess it was about Kate, but anyway, well, we'll just roll in. So I want to start with holding fast. Oh wait, that was what I was saying. So excuse me. I'm sorry. All over the place. Tired mom. Damien and I, the night that we get the book or the day you guys brought the book, we had like a little day date and Max and Kate and you know, we had a little family party, but it was just a day. So we get in bed that night and we're both like, Wolfie happened to fall asleep early because it was like a big fun family day. And we were like, fighting over who gets to read it first. I mean, it was, and that we never do that, you know? And I, so I just started and he was like, what? He was like, you're going to hog the book. And I was like, oh, fine. So we tossed it back and forth and, you know, um, anyway, but, and so it's really special when you get to read a book where you know the person, but it's also really special because I've known a little bit that this book is about, you know, like Kate grew up on a boat. I knew that she told me that I've, but I just had no idea, you know, and no, none of us have an idea of what it's like to live on a boat. And then you read about it and it's just amazing. Um, and sounds very challenging and very amazing all at the same time. But, um, that little tidbit uh, is fun about Damien and I passing the book bound. But so the first question I want to ask is where did holding fast like, how was that? I mean, I know it's a sailing term. Right. I told my dad about it and he was like, oh yeah, of course it's a sailing term. And I was like, yeah. and then in the book, you're like going through some quite rough seas and you're clipping yourself while cooking. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's, that, that, that maybe that's a little bit it, but, um, mainly what, where it came, it just, it, it just came to me. Um, and I think the reason it did is um, John's favorite knot was the bowline. John was right. really into knots. He, yeah. he, he, he was great at knots. Mm. It was like his thing was great knots. It's sexy. <laughs> Guys that know knots is sexy. <laughs> I just, just... He was just great at these knots. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know... I knew, I, when we first moved aboard boats, um, I, I, I learned a couple of very basic knots. Mm-hmm. The bowline to me was very challenging, and I just didn't even bother with it. And it was his favorite knot. Yeah. <laughs> Which he said, you know, it would, it, this will always hold. It will always hold. It will always hold. Yeah. And um, before we left on Laughing Goat, which is in the book, that's the main topic, is our voyage on Laughing Goat. Um, and we were going on a long sea voyage, which we hadn't done before. He said, I had to learn that night. Mm-hmm. So I was in the cockpit. We, we were, um, you know, I, I just practiced in the yeah. cockpit on a pail and making the knots. And at first, um, I made horrible knots. <laughs> you know, John would just pull out one end, and the whole thing would uh, unravel. <laughs> unravel, because it's a whole thing. You have to put it through this, and then up and around. And uh-huh. it's not just a simple thing. My dad, my dad has also <laughs> laid this one into me. 
So through the hole, around the tree, back down through right. the very same hole. And that sounds simple, yes. my friends, <laughs> though it is not. It is not. <laughs> once you get, now, once now you, it's easy. I right. can do it so easily. I do it all the time now. Yeah. But it was not easy for me. Yeah. And um, so that was part of it, just that holding and, and um, the way John held me in our relationship. Oh. And my dad, who's gone, I I still feel his presence. Yeah. So that's that was that was kind of all came together to me yeah. that that was why. Multidimensional, of Multi course. Multidimensional. Yes, I love it. That's yeah. amazing. And when I get so excited when it was written in, you know, like as the reader, when you were like, and there I was, like, and holding fast <laughs> in the kitchen, I was like, oh, that's it, that's it, you know. <laughs> oh, that's so cool, though. I love that. Yeah. And then. One other thing that I already hinted at you that I really wanted to know was the laughing goat. So the oh, laughing the goat is the is the is like the yeah the primo voyage that's really featured. Although there are lots of boats in this book. We had yeah, <laughs> we lived on a lot of boats. <laughs> How many boats did you live on? We lived on two before that when we were younger. Before we had Kate, we lived oh. on boats, two boats. And that's is it the XL? The XL ferry boat. Okay, and that's what you called it. The yes. XL. I was like, are they calling it the extra it was large called the or X is it the XL? <laughs> That was the with boats. There's a whole thing with not changing the name. Right. Um, and on XL, we we didn't change the name. That was the name of the boat, the XL. I love it. I love <laughs> yeah. it. A really old, sort of rotting but very romantic mm. um, actual ferry boat that used to ferry people between Long Island, um, Bayshore, Long Island, and Fire Island. So cool. We lived on it, Long Island Sound, in our twenties, and then we had another boat, big old sailboat, um, and we had a. We then got a house, and we got we had a boat that was just a day sailor kind of small boat, um, like a small little. What's fast. the second boat's name? That second Phaedrus? boat was Phaedrus. Phaedrus, yeah. yeah the, that was <laughs> sure. Um, um, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Oh yeah, right, right. <laughs> so we loved that book. That's that was on all of our boats, and um, the main character, his alter ego, was named Phaedrus, mm -hmm. who was looking for. He was always searching for this higher quality of life. He could ah. never find it and eventually drove him insane. Right. Right. <laughs> what so, a name. <laughs> yes. So we named our boat that. Is that the one that sank? Well, XL sank. Oh, XL sank. Phaedrus almost sank, but <laughs> XL was raised but by the fire oh, department. Right. But we then, um, we then sold, we didn't feel the same about the boat after the sinking. Yeah. We um, sold it. Uh, some months later, we cleaned it. It took a while to clean up, and then we sold it some months later. Right, and this is—I mean, mind you, for the listeners, this is very eloquently written about in this book, and so we're like breezing through some of the wonderful parts, <laughs> some of the eye-opening parts. So, okay, in no, but wait, laughing, laughing goat. goat. Yeah, yeah, wait, yeah laughing, the laughing goat, goat name. Uh, John uh, was in advertising, and I, I was—he he worked for an ad agency. Um, I, work, I, work, I was in market research, so we're kind of in the same field. Mm -hmm. um, and we wanted something that was memorable. And we just we brainstormed one weekend, and uh, the name came out of um, laughing a combination of laughing gull, which mm -hmm. is a was a famous racing boat. Mm -hmm. John followed yacht racing, mm -hmm. sailboat racing, and. Um, the goat part was from the old goat that John felt he was becoming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so laughing goat. And as it turned out, as I learned when we, when we, when we were sailing and, and cruising around, 
people they sometimes don't know your name because you're, you're you're at a distance but you're communicating on radio yeah and you just know each other's boat names people always remembered our boat name yeah <laughs> yeah it's hard to forget yeah it's a very good one yeah that is so cool i love that and the vhf radio communication and you know go to one six and all that we had we experienced because my family is like we spent time in the Bahamas, so it was so oh. exciting, you know, yeah. like growing up. But I never lived on a boat. But I mean, that you know, I could see, I saw windows into boat, boat culture, like people living in little lagoons, like a moorings, and 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 so when your characters are, you know, like in the book, and there's like the, what is it called? Um, that. The boat that's called that. <laughs> I've seen that. I have seen, you know, I'm, yes. like there's so many of those types. Yes. I, I, yeah, that was sort so of funny ramshackle, to... kind of like yes. what's happening on there. Yeah, the kids together. running around in, in, in this case. <laughs> Do they really have wet ringworm? Was that like that really did happen? I mean, I guess that, that happened to me when I was little. Yeah. 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 If you hang out with furry yeah. felines in the middle of the jungle, I'm sure you'll get all kinds of thin things. So yeah, I mean, there's so much to this book. There's so many adventures. Um, just for the listeners, like, highly recommend reading it. And it's and a, a quick read. I mean, if I didn't have a four-year-old that's like you know so involved <laughs> with everything we do, I would have plowed through this book in one sitting. Like it's maybe two, but like I, I stayed up till four o'clock in the morning reading it the other day. Anywho, it's awesome. Um, so ba backing up, though, I want a little bit of meeting John because that, I mean, that moment in and of itself, I want a whole. Yeah. How, how old were you? I think I was, I was 22. And, and how was, old is he? He was 24. Okay, so you guys are quite close in age. Yes, and yeah. I had started... Um, at a small market research company in Greenwich, Connecticut. It was on Mason Street in Greenwich, Connecticut. And they had, they, it was in two lovely Greenwich houses. <laughs> um, and uh, our offices were in like the bedrooms and stuff. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's just one of those kind of deals. Uh -huh. um, and a very like um, thinking up new products and uh, kind of not new agey, but but um, all very abstract, pie in the sky. We would talk, just talk for hours about our product ideas, and you know, which is so of the now. Yeah, it's like such a. It's it's interesting that you're doing this. And what year is this? That was in the 1970s. We met in the right. 1970s. In the 1970s, and yeah, and today that's it's just. I mean, I went to design school. You know, I mean, I I went in as a dancer and then snaked my way into Parsons. But, you know, like that, it's just such a, um, yeah, graphic design and advertising and everybody on their own social media is like their own advertiser. And it's, but like you guys were sort of pioneers of this. Yeah. Of this um, very, uh, what millennials are all trying to do, right? Like, yeah, working remotely in a sense, like, but they, they're working from phone booths <laughs> in the middle of the Caribbean. Like, this yeah. is, there's no cell phones, there's no, and the internet comes at some point, but not in the, when you guys were first working. No. There was none of there that. Was, no, there was. Amazing. No. Um, yeah, so John was already working there, and um, I, I was signed the office next to his, and I went in to introduce myself, and I was wearing a white mini dress. <laughs> it's very short. With, um, 
green and black, uh, green and orange checks. I remember white background. Oh my God, so And good. I had white fishnet stockings. <laughs> and I had very long hair. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, you know, went and introduced myself. I was, I was kind of the perky. This is your first day. My first day. First yes. day. Yes. <laughs> I was being like perky about it. Yeah. And I went in and, oh, you know, and I told him about myself. And he's, he's, so he's sitting down. He's got this, these gorgeous blue eyes. Yeah. He's sitting at his desk. He's smoking a Lucky Strike, which to me was so romantic. I didn't smoke, but it's so romantic at the time. Uh -huh. The smell. <laughs> and um, uh, I just, um, and he was wearing a white linen Nehru shirt, jeans, and sandals. Mm -hmm. That was what he normally wore. Work. Mm -hmm. And um, he just looked at me after I after I babbled my introduction of myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I just I, just sort of, I remember standing there and feeling uncomfortable, uh -huh. but also really attracted. Yeah. I, now we were both married at the time to other people. Oh right. <laughs> and it's so interesting because you don't I don't get that sense at all. In you know so would you describe that as love at first sight? I think so, but I wasn't. I didn't let myself be aware of it because yeah. I just. I, but I, in hindsight. In hindsight, sure. I, for sure. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. cool. Yeah, and he had a. Um, at that time, he had two kids. I know at that when I met him, one, but it, and it, within a year or two, the other one was born. Mm-hmm. His daughter was five, and so he had a he had a photograph behind his desk of this naked little girl in a field of daisies. With curly hair, mm -hmm. and um, I asked about it, and he said, "Oh, it was his daughter, you know, who made it. Mm -hmm. uh, that was his daughter in the picture." And she, there were some drawings that she had made that he had up to. Yeah, yeah, and um, I just thought, "Wow, he's got a he, so young, so young. He's got a five-year-old." Yeah. You know, I mean, to myself, I was thinking, yeah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got married at nineteen to my first husband, right. and um, so I thought, "Wow, again, yeah. so young, uh, so young." So young. I, I married the first cute boy I met at the freshman mixer, mixer at Columbia. Amazing. <laughs> so, so, you know, just I think to get out away from Cleveland. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was yeah. That was how we that was how we first met. And and I I would find reasons to go into his office. And <laughs> do you think he detected that? Like, do you think he knew? I don't know. He he wasn't the type to. I, I, he was really attractive, but he wasn't the type to think that women would be so attracted to him, yeah. I think. Yeah. And I, I wasn't um, direct about anything at that time in my life, so yeah. um, I'm sure I made some excuse up whenever I went to his office. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like draping myself on the chair. <laughs> Let's <laughs> sitting, talk about this project. Sitting on the floor as we, as we brainstormed our ideas. So you know. give me a brainstorm. Like, I, like what was one of the, like, one of the projects <laughs> y'all were working on? Okay, we worked um, for Armor Dial. I mean, these major, major companies hired us. Yeah. Um, and we were told new, new, pro new personal care product. That was our, that was our, our assignment. Uh huh. So there were several of us project directors on it. We, John and I were each a project director. And I had, so we just said, okay, we're going to break it up. John, John would have evening products. I would have morning products. I forget what the other people had. And we, um, we did interviews with people. We set them up and went into their homes. Like I went in the morning. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course the people knew this. Mm -hmm. Then they'd be in their bathrooms and they'd brush their teeth and I'd ask them, oh, how does that feel? What are you thinking about? It was all the, it was that kind of. Wow. Uh, very in depth about their sensations and feelings and. 
sort of um, motivational uh, research. Motivational and research. And That's cool. uh, uh, with an ethnographic kind of, you know, these were like two or three hour long interviews uh -huh. in people's homes. Wow. And we wanted to relate that to how, to how they lived and the kind of person they were. So um, this was really in-depth psychological. So, and you're doing this for like demographics, like you're trying to like figure out, wow. Yeah. That's so cool. So yeah, so we all did that. And then we, then we, um, we had idea generation sessions yeah. with ourselves and also with um, people in the company at Armourdale. We went to run those there. Mm -hmm. And our ideas were things like, um, now eventually what came out of that was actually toned soap. But our ideas were things like, because people wanted to feel nurtured. Aww. So, you know, this, I think this was probably John's idea. A giant breast-shaped thing coming out, you know, hanging from the bathroom uh -huh. that people could, you know, massage. massage. Ah. <laughs> or, you know, I, you know uh, electric slippers or uh -huh. you know, just um, a family communal rock that they could all, that people could all, you know, it was warm, that people, Ooh, so we I had, like that idea. yeah, we just had tons of ideas like that. Oh my gosh. And we're all, so we, had all, we so this, this group of young project directors went to Armored Dial and we had our presentation and there were, there were like 18 men in suits, mm. dark suits across from us. This was, mm. I think they were in Chicago. And um, I walked in, in, what I wore then to, 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 to work, which was a long Indian dress and sandals. By then oh. I was wearing a long Indian dress in the 70s. Cool. <laughs> sandals. I want all the these photographs. And, and John, again, was probably in his jeans and sandals and yep. neighbor shirt. Mm. And we're talking to these armored dial, these very buttoned up armored dial people about our giant breasts and our, our communal rocks. <laughs> and, our, and there was not, not a smile cracked. Oh. We went on for two hours and we left. We thought, oh God, that was just you know, horrible. But they actually, uh, you know, they went ahead with this tone soap eventually. Tone so, soap? Yes, it was, um, you know, <laughs> so a while ago. Uh, it had stimulation with it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like refreshment. Ah, like, yeah, so it's it giving kind of you like more of an experience right. instead of just soap. I yes, get it. That was, oh. a, that, was, that was the whole thing. This is like, Thank the, you. well, this is the birth of like a, that, of a right. huge industry. I mean, that, yes. like look at going into like supermarkets and like CVS nowadays, there's, that's, it's all, that's, but that's like the advertising word is toned soap. Yeah, I, I don't even know if they still have it, but it, but it, but. But that, OG, yeah, yeah, that's some original. Yeah, that's so yeah. Awesome. <laughs> See, like at Parsons, that's what all of the, product designers were doing. That was like exact. So, I mean, I know, yeah, I have a lot of friends who went into that, but it was so, so much fun. We just had, we had a blast. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. sounds really fun. And so describe like your sort of artistic, like your side, were you and John similar from artists, like as artist perspective? John was, um, a, a really uh, he was like a big concept thinker. Uh -huh. He could really think of big ideas. Mm -hmm. I um, and, and and really original. Mm -hmm. I was more. I loved doing the interviews. I loved getting to know people mm -hmm. in that way, and putting together um, what I learned from it, and getting insights mm -hmm. that had to do 
you know, that were deeper than just what soap they used or something. Yeah. Um, so I, I just loved doing that. Yeah. So, uh, so we thought differently that right. way. But, it, but together we made um, a good combination when we, you know, were batting ideas back and forth. Totally. Yeah. Very complementary, like, puzzle pieces that fit together with yeah. different strengths. That's, yeah, and I mean, and that comes through with the relationship in the book. So John ends up being your husband. You both choose to be together, and that's a very, um, I don't want to give that part away in the book. That is a really intense yeah. moment. <laughs> so you have to read it, everybody. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so you guys transition, and you become partners, and yeah. you get married, and, yeah. and get you get married, married. On, on one of our boats. Boats. Yeah, we had, my friend did, um, she made these gorgeous paper flowers that we hung up, the, strung up the rigging. Mm -hmm. And then when we sailed off to our honeymoon on Block Island, they thought, when we sailed in, the fishing boats thought we were the blessing of the fleet. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. Wait, can you so tell sweet. us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, so we, we had the wedding on the boat um, with all these paper flowers. Yeah, I think we had about 40 people. Um, it was hard to get someone to marry us because it was unusual. Yeah. And also we were different religions. <laughs> but we found this wonderful, wonderful minister. Um, and I'm Jewish. John was Protestant, though neither of us were practicing. Mm -hmm. um, and he asked us in for, you know, to, to talk about how, you know, to, to, to meet us mm -hmm. and to discuss the whole thing. And I guess to decide if he wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, and he asked us about whether we believed in God. And I just blurted out, well, I'm not sure and probably not really, but I'm so glad that you do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and That's somehow awesome. he, he still accepted. That's a great answer. <laughs> yes. That yeah. is a great answer. Yeah. yeah. What was so, John's answer? Do you remember? I don't know if he even got to John after that. It was like. <laughs> right. You just, you won. You swept yeah. it under the rug and made it work. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And, um. The wedding was so beautiful. It was at sunset. Um, John's children were, Reagan was 15. She had her first glass of champagne. Aww. Shay was the ring bearer. He was nine. Mm. And it, it, you know, it was breezy, so that there was the beautiful sunset and a little breeze. And, um, and I, years later, I was watching cable TV, and the minister, his name was Tom, um, was a guest on a show. And mm. they asked him about his most unusual wedding. It was ours. It was yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. our, our friend took him, because we had to meet people at the dock. Friends of ours had their little boats and dinghies and, or Boston whalers and met them and brought them out to the boat. And his, and his, his boat um, got a speeding ticket, you know, on the, the way minister? to the wedding. And he's, the minister's oh boat. Oh, my God, stop. That's amazing. But <laughs> I'm on the way to a wedding. Right. I have a job to do. It's very <laughs> <Yes>. important. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yes, yeah, so I think he really remembered it. And, um, yeah, it was wonderful. So, yeah, so the next morning, um, and then, of course, Anise stayed over. We didn't know she was still on the boat. She had had a little to drink. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and then we sailed off uh, for Block Island. And I was, I was just so excited. I remember jumping on, t we had a pilot house on, 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 that boat was Phaedrus. It was the, mm -hmm. that big sailboat. Um, and I jumped on top of the pilot house and just waved my ring around Aww, <laughs> with excitement. Yeah. It, we had been together six years by that point. Um, and at first, we didn't know where it would go. We yeah. didn't even know if it would work, really. He yeah. had two kids. He would felt guilty. Yeah. Um, 
And, but then I realized, oh, I really do want to get married. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was pretty exciting. And then we, Block Island was a place we had sailed um, before. Um, mm -hmm. It's beautiful for anyone who's not familiar with it. It's just off of Rhode Island, it's about mm -hmm. 20 miles off the coast. And um, they have a great salt pond, it's called. And we sailed in, and the fishing boats just started, um, like, um, come, well, actually, some people came up to us and just asked, were we the blessing yeah. of the fleet? Oh, so. that's so beautiful. <laughs> no, we just got married. <laughs> yeah. So that was, it was beautiful. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And that's just the beginning. I mean, that's like the, so did you ever, as a child, were you a sailing fantasy? I mean, a water I, person? I, like I, Not other than... Um, I knew that my dad liked, he liked the beach, and in the, uh, they went on, uh, my parents went to Miami every, mm -hmm. we lived, we, I grew up in Ohio, right? and my parents went to Miami um, every winter for a mm -hmm. week or two, and he would describe it, and uh, you know, and I loved, I liked swimming at summer camp, mm -hmm. but I, other than rowboats, I really didn't know anything about boats. Right, I mean, and then you find yourself living on boats, full-time living. living. So you guys are living in the harbor and then getting, how was, how are you getting to work? Like to get to work, we, um, when we lived in XL, we were out in Mamaroneck Harbor. XL was the ferry boat. And we would, we had a dinghy that actually did not even have a motor at that time. We, oh, wow. we didn't have a whole lot of money. I... <laughs> so we would row in. Oh my God, this is and amazing. And it, it was freezing. It was I mean, a... the dedication that this takes is, yes. you guys, you, you speak about it like, like uh, no, it's no big deal. But I mean, it, it is. Yeah. It's funny to me now. Yeah. But, <laughs> We'd really, it was fall in New England. I mean, it was cold. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, the only heat we had on the boat was a Franklin stove. Um, wow. So, yes, yeah, so we'd row in and we each had our cars. We were working in different places mm -hmm. and we kept our business clothes in garbage bags in our cars. We ran into the bushes, changed our clothes and, and drove off. Dedication. <laughs> I mean, so this was your, it was all rooted in like the love of the life on the boat because at that point you guys weren't really taking big voyages you just like lived no, in we, the it was like harbor life yes but that wasn't the desire the desire john had a had a dream always to okay. sail off when i first met him he talked about that right and he talked about going on the bermuda race uh -huh. which i had never even heard that i didn't even know sailboats raced right right <laughs> and um uh but he followed all that so i learned a lot about it so and cool um, yeah, it's so such an amazing way to start, like to be like, okay, we're going to, was the idea is that like, you're going to live on a boat so you can learn about what it is to be on a boat like yeah. that. I mean, that was, I mean, if you, but now that I know you guys were like these extensive sort of lifestyle market researchers, Yeah. I mean, that really makes sense. Like what an incredible deep dive and intentional lifestyle choice. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's why there's got to be multiple. I mean, like, it almost seems like like Marie Kondo, you know, <laughs> like the life-changing magic of tidying up. Like, it could be like the life-changing magic of living on a boat. Like, you know, you could, that could be like the how-to yeah. guide of, because you know, I mean, the yeah. experience is unbelievable. And Susan is a very, like, humble person. You are a very, um, just amazingly humble person. So 
when you find out all the things that you've done, it's astounding. Huh. Yeah. I mean, beautiful, soft-spoken. Like you have a very, a very peaceful and, and gentle way about you. And then here you are, you know, um, holding fast in a <laughs> tiny uh, harbor in Guatemala and during like a Cat 5 hurricane. I mean, without John. <laughs> and yes. that, I mean, it's amazing. So yes, yeah. it's just, I guess what Alex kept saying, you know, like in prepping me for this interview, he's like, you have to be sure you really focus on the fact that she's this, you know, very strong woman doing these things, you know, and, and he's right. I mean, it's true. Like, it, it is true. Um, I didn't think of myself as so strong, though, until after John passed. Right. Isn't that amazing? And it's, oh, <laughs> but so much growth and development. Okay, so here you are. You're changing clothes in the bushes, and you're going, you're commuting, and you're commuting to the city. Sometimes to the city, but um, I had clients in the city. Mm -hmm. um, but at that point, I was still working for, it was a re market research company that was in Yorktown Heights. Okay. So I was driving from Marinick Harbor. How long did you drive? It was probably, it was probably 50, 45, 50 minutes. Okay. Okay. And John was still, I think, working at the Greenwich, Connecticut company. Yeah, he was still working at the Greenwich, Connecticut company when okay. we were on that boat. Okay. There's so much. <laughs> um, yeah. When we got, had our next boat, the big sailboat that we mm -hmm. lived on also, um, that's when he got a job uh, working in New York. Mm -hmm. um, and I would go into New York for clients frequently, so yeah. I, we could meet for lunch and stuff. So adorable. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like this needs to be a film. This is what really, yeah, or like a series, like because the visuals too, like, and you do such a good job, um, you know, like narrating the visual. It's very, like for a reader like me, um, you see it, you smell it, like you feel it. It's amazing, and I just love, I just oh, love, 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 love. That makes love. me really happy. Yeah, so like tactile <laughs> and visceral moments um, are just, oh, so divine. So, okay, and then we find, you finally, you finally get, it's the right boat. So it's like it, the laughing goat becomes like you feel confident in the vessel itself, and that's what gets you guys going, because very clearly you're not ready as sailors. No. And I love that part because that for all of us who like dream of doing this, we could. Because, you know, it's like both. I guess John had sailing experience. He had a lot a of child. sailing experience. Mm -hmm. A lot of, and he loved, he, he was happiest on the water. He just yeah. absolutely loved the water. Yeah. And it helped me, it made me love it too because yeah. it was just so much fun to be in the water with him. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and that was always his dream and he'd, he'd read so much about it. And if, it, I guess you didn't meet John because we met after met he was gone. But yes. if you met him, he looked like a sailor. He had a craggy kind of face. He yeah. had the, the sweaters, like the L.L. Bean sweaters, the, the worn topsiders. Yeah, he had the swag. Like, he totally had the swag. Yes. Like, yeah, exactly. Yes. That was John. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I mean, I may be more quiet and humble. He was not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was within five minutes you knew about him. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So he, um, so he had the persona mm -hmm. of a long-distance sailor. Right. He didn't, though, have the experience. Yes. <laughs> but we didn't. That didn't click with me. Mm-hmm. Right. He looked the role. He knew it. He yeah. He talked the yeah. Talked it. I totally mm -hmm. trusted him. And and we went in Long Island Sound. He was. I mean, you know, we. 
I mean, maybe it should have been a clue that sometimes we get lost. Or... <laughs> 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 <You know>? Yes. <laughs> Things like that. Uh -huh. but, but it was, you know, but I, I just completely trust him. And we always made it back <laughs> in our, our many misadventures on Long and Island you, Sound. You breeze over <laughs> one part in here, though, and you guys, like, fall off the boat in the nighttime? She didn't want me to ask about that. <laughs> yeah. But you're like, yeah, this just happened. But I guess, but people who spend time on the water, like, I mean, I have um, some, like the people that I go to the Bahamas with, the Kerners, the whole yeah. family are water, watermen, you know? And, and, and I, it's, when you're with a waterman, you know, it's, it's in their blood. Yes. It's like coursing through their veins, yeah. this confidence it's on dots, confidence on the vessels. Yeah, confidence yeah. with knots. But that, and I feel like it does take that, though. I mean, it ha you have to have that. Yeah, and I would actually, I felt that about myself, but I didn't Definitely. have the knowledge at all. Like, I, I mean, I still, at that point, couldn't even make a bowling knot. Yeah. So, but you begin to get that persona mm -hmm. when you're on the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we kind of had that, but um, we did not have the actual experience. We had never sailed overnight. Um, right. <laughs> Crossing an ocean. Crossing an ocean. Here we go. <laughs> and that amazing part when you when you go out and he decides to turn back. Yeah. That's a really cool, powerful moment. There's just so much respect. I mean, it's just so cool. Um, and, and as parents, because you were parents at this point. I mean, and Kate was how old when you went at first? We left when Kate was seven. seven. We left on this voyage. We yeah. took her, she was in second grade, and um, so we took her out of school. We left at the end of October, which was actually pretty late. It was already getting cold. Yeah. Um, and not that we realized that. We were <laughs> these naive northerners who thought as soon as she went, like, to Virginia, it would start to get hot. Uh, and it's snowing, right? <laughs> it's snowing. It's snowing. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, Your mama is something, Ollie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, so she was young. She we left when she was seven, and and I love how you depict that too in the book. So there's a very honest, and I think that might be like my favorite undercurrent, which is just the reality that like it's sort of the grass is always greener kind of concept that we all that we all struggle with, no matter if you're like a land dweller or you know a water dweller, but that when you yearn, so once you get on the boat you yearn for the land, but then once you're on the land, you yearn for the water. And it's this yeah. very honest, um, vulnerable um, depiction of that through your story, kind of yeah. the whole time. The whole time. Hey guys, it's me. <laughs> I'm here to drop a line about my rebirth course. So um, if you enjoy my podcast, you will highly likely enjoy my rebirth course. So uh, originally it was a six weeks course. It is now graduated into a 40 weeks, which is nine months, which mimics the gestation period of a human. And in the course rebirth, we go through sexual and live, um, sexual and living milestones. Um, what do I mean by that? I mean, we look at your very own birth story. So male, female, anything in between, we all have a birth story. We were all born and we are all going to perish at some point. So we look at these milestones, the birth milestone. Um, we look at 
first moon cycle, first fluid dream. We look at first sexual experience. We look at sexual experiences today. We look at your vision for your life and what you want for your life. We look at fears. We look at um, andropause and menopause. Um, as in this country, we're referring to those times as pauses and in many different cultures across the world. Um, and even here in North America, you'll find cultures who actually um, call this like wise elder phase. So as opposed to being something we fear, it's something that we look forward to and, and learn to understand and love and embrace. And finally, end of life. So there's so much to it. Um, and I'm delighted that it's 40 weeks now because I don't feel like I'm cramming the information the way that we were when it was a six-week program. But um, the best way for us to um, get to know if this is a right course for you is to actually book a call with me. So um, again, there'll be a link in the show notes and on my website, there's buttons all around that say book a call with me. And, and for now, that's just the best way. Um, we do a one-on-one -on -one conception call and it's free and it's just for me to get to know a little bit more about you and your desires and your goals and your hesitations and your questions and um, it gives a chance for me to kind of dive deeper and um, explain how the work works and um, what it looks like, what it feels like, what it smells like, what it tastes like. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, that's it. My rebirth course. Check it out. Can't wait to see you. And back to the show. I loved, um, it, it, I just found it so interesting and exciting, the sailing that we did. Oh. And going in Mexico and Belize and Guatemala, and the cultures, um, and the, the whole beautiful experiences on the water. The, I, I've never seen water as as gorgeous as in the Bahamas. I oh mean, just God. just so gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and and then just becoming more, you know, just the skills you're learning, like yeah. um, being able to handle the boat more, and and just because there we are, we we have to. You have to. <laughs> you don't have a choice. Yeah. And that's what. So and so, I mean, you were kind of you were minimalists. So this is like all the things. Yeah. When I, what what the the millennial or what just what's going on in the world now. I feel like this is very, um, it's a beautiful message and it's very prevalent where people are trying to be more mini minimal. People are trying to be more deliberate with their lifestyles. And really like this is also a story of living your dream, mm -hmm. like absolute dream chasers. It's like, oh, I mean, I get chills. I'm like <laughs> shaking a little bit because it's so, it's just so inspiring. Yeah. And it really, it took a lot of work to make it happen. Yes. Um, the work was mostly on John's part, getting the boat ready and, but both of us, but, but I, I would say much more him in terms of the boat work. Yeah. Um, and then, and even then you're, you're thinking, are we really ready? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's like having children. I mean, are you ever really ready? No. Yeah. No one is ever really ready. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I guess, but that, but see, a true water, waterman, a true seaman would tell me that that's not true. At some point, I mean, there are, and, and you do a beautiful job of like sharing the checklists and stuff like that. I find that really, really, that's just such a cool thing to be on the inside of. Um, but Susan's being modest again and humble because there is a part in the book where you're like down in the hatches, like cleaning the bilge or cleaning the, oh, yeah. the, the head, the head, <laughs> cleaning the head. Which... I was the boat's plumber. You were the plumber. Cause John had so many other roles, you know, so I took that. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's <laughs> laughing about that one right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> any of any he of these. He did think it was really funny. Mm-hmm. Put me on that. Chores to give to you. That was a good one. Yeah. Yes. I'd be like, the bilge is this, you know, narrow space under the floorboards of the of the um, main cabin. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just being you know, under there, uh, sna- putting a snake through the, the oh, pipe to try to free it when it was clogged or something oh. like that. And what's like, what type, I mean, we're talking about like a crawl space. It's like a it's crawl like space. a very small crawl space. Yeah, so you kind of have to scrunch yourself in and, mm, yeah. and then there's the pipe like right near your head. Oh, yeah. So you have to you know, figure that out. Yeah. Um, Intimate. Up yeah. close and personal with the bowels of the ship. Yeah, but I always um, when I when I was able to fix it, it actually was a really satisfying feeling. <laughs> yes, there. I mean, that's what so much of this is about. Like when it's yeah, the experience seems so empowering. Um, from and and when you are speaking about like the dinghy journey, like where at the beginning you wouldn't have even considered, you know, crossing a certain space, and there you are. When John goes back to New York, you and Kate are like literally just powering yourselves around on a dinghy in these back you know, this rivers. This wild jungle river in Guatemala Jungles where we were living at the time. Because <laughs> there were no roads. The only way to get around was by was dinghy. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... And uh, to visit another boat or to go into town, you know, we had to learn to, to, to operate the dinghy. Yeah. And I was so proud of Kate that, oh. that she could do that. And the other kids could too. You know, such the, a the boat kids. <laughs> image, yeah, of all the boat kids having that. And developing that, that level of self-assurance. There's like a confidence that um, yeah. must come from that. That was, I thought, one of the wonderful parts mm-hmm. of, of, of the voyage. And, they would, and the kids would just hang out. They might pick each other up um, and hang out together at one of the marinas that had a pool mm-hmm. and just chase each other around the beach and climb trees. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I guess it was kind of wild child, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but they all, well, but perhaps the boys on that didn't go to that, both named that. Yeah. I don't think they went to school. <laughs> learning i mean they're learning other ways experiential learning for sure i mean and now so what people call us is unschooling oh so you would have been a you are a fabulous unschooler yeah i i actually found the 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 formal homeschooling part challenging that is such (laughs) funny recounts in the book that is you're laughing out loud at that those parts yeah it's amazing that was challenging Uh uh-huh and because before i left the other mom said oh it's going to be such a bonding experience between Uh you and kate it's Uh so and they were all some of my friends were teachers Uh i i never wanted to be a teacher i felt Uh (laughs) (laughs) and um, it was it was not a bonding experience. We fought for mo- most of it, and we just we wound up reducing the, the school time. But then we, when we came home, so it was maybe a couple mornings a week. But she was learning so much else about navigating yeah. and just learning operating the dinghy. And we'd come home um, during hurricane season, usually for about six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And she did quickly plow through the rest of the lesson so she could finish the grade. Amazing. And that's how she got through second and third and. In fourth mm-hmm. grade. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and she also, so you, that's one of my favorite visuals is every time you all are stopping at little towns is you and Kate going to the bookstores. Yeah. And I mean, that is so, and, and you guys are just plowing through books. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty incredible learning experience. She was such a, she became a real, she was a good reader anyway, but she became a fabulous reader. We didn't yeah. have TV. Yeah. Uh, we had, we could watch movies mm-hmm. and we had the same 
five movies that right. we watched over and over so we knew all the lines. Yeah. <laughs> and reading. And, and writing. Kate began writing. Yeah. She, she had, you know, again, she was interested in writing before, but really got into it. Oh, right. She's writing a book in the book. She wrote a novel. <laughs> yeah, she wrote. <laughs> oh, amazing. When's that coming out? <laughs> yeah, her novel. Oh. <laughs> so, and yeah, and then the experiences. So all of the families that you're meeting in these harbors, there's so much international. There's so much language exchange. so and, interesting. And the other mm. kids that Kate met, um, we had so much fun meeting those other families. You know, there was one family, um, they were from Hong Kong. They had two children. And it was also just so, so, so sweet seeing the... Uh, funny seeing the cultural differences with the kids yeah um where they just had different words for things mm -hmm. and they couldn't understand each even 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 this they were the, this british family who lived in hong kong um uh, you know, the British have different. Phrases. I know exactly where the trousers. So I have an incident there where they were playing a, a, some. It must have been tri tri trivia or some trivia game or something, and. Um, Kate came up with pants as the answer, and the the other kids insisted it was trousers. The trousers. And they just got this big fight about it, <laughs> and the parents like you know rolling over, rolling over, laughing. Oh, and Kate's pissed. Kate's She's pissed. Just like this is that was just story. another sign to her of you know how this is you know right. We, we, she was longing to go home at times. There, there were other times she was having a. a there was a you know a gang of kids that she was having fun with, mm -hmm. um, but at that particular point we'd already been sailing for three years and mm -hmm. things were getting a little harder f for her. <laughs> and it, but it's so interesting too. I mean, and w the lucky thing is, is we get to go inside and have dinner with the family after this. So <laughs> it, like, it's like I wish I could just keep going with the pod to hear Kate, start, you know, to get her side. Yes. Um, and maybe we will. Maybe I'll just do a whole <laughs> interview with her. But she even. Once she returns back to school, once you all are in Fort Lauderdale, then she longs to be back on the boat. Or, like, or, you know, she's just like, school. And that's, again, that's why I wanted to bring it back to this, how, you, how we always kind of have this idea that something else is going to be better yeah. than what we are currently in. Yeah, yeah. I, we came back. It was very hard for all of us coming yeah. back because we had so much freedom, and we loved the freedom. All of us did. Yeah. And coming back, there were just so many rules. In Florida in particular, there's a lot of housing, you know, rules in our... We, we bought a house in a development. Mm -hmm. We lived on the boat for a while, but... Then we bought a house, and there were just you know, a million rules. We had to we had to press a code to get in our gate. It all felt so confining compared oh. to the boat. <laughs> that that was the adult reaction. Yeah. And for Kate, um, she really wanted to fit in, and you know the kids weren't even crossing the street yet by themselves at this little school we chose. So right. for her, that was like you know she thought they were babyish, yeah. but but also. They weren't including her in things. They all knew each. Uh, we chose a small school because we thought she'd get individualized mm -hmm. attention, and um, the kids had all known each other, you know, since kindergarten. She was coming in in fifth grade, which was the last year of um, that elementary school there, mm -hmm. and you know, they didn't want to eat lunch with her or whatever. Right. So. That was oh, hard for her I at know, the beginning. That's gonna be so hard. Yeah. So, do you? Is there a part of you? that wishes you guys had just continued to do the boat? Uh, I guess, you know, I, th I think there is a part of me, but I I felt it was the right thing and I still feel it was the right thing yeah. to come back because of how much Kate wanted it. And yeah. How she was getting quieter and yeah. both John and I, even though John would have continued sailing, yeah. um, but we were worried about that because mm -hmm. it was hard and 
reports whether there are no other kids, mm-hmm. and also just after, after, um, after as the years went on. Mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, I, no one told me, or I mean, everyone told me parenting was going to be hard, but parenting is the hardest job in the world. Yeah, and like because there is no right answer. You know, I'm not asking you that to like pigeonhole you. Yeah, but it's just so interesting because it's like you see these sort of two forks in the road. You know, it's like we can either go back to land or we can keep doing this wacky thing and like there's going to be amazing things to either both you know challenge there's going to be challenging things and there's going to be really supportive things and you just kind of have to do what we met families for whom it was the right thing and you could see that it was the right thing for them and they were already off the grid they were they were made peace with not going back to but i also still longed for a you know a more normal life yeah i know and that's what you you write it (laughs) it's so beautiful i feel like as a reader, like I felt like I was in your head, like, or I was more, I don't really want to speak like that anymore, in your body mind, because I'm, I'm sick of you just reducing us to our brains. But in your full potential, you know, in your full body mind, like you're expressing the, the yearning for the red farmhouse in Connecticut. I mean, like, I want, every time you talk about that house, I'm like, yeah, we should have moved back. Or, and then, but then you talk back about being on the boat. I'm like, I'm so glad we're on the boat. You know, like as a, as a reader, you really get taken into those, into all the realities. Yeah. I, I you know, I think, uh, I think if it weren't for Kate, I think John and I would have continued sailing. Yeah. I think after another year or two, if say that, say that were the case, mm-hmm. I would have still wanted to go back, even for a while, just because I missed that kind of, you know, having a, being rooted to one spot feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. so then, and then so John's sister, Pat, she moves, she, she, they moved to Florida yes. at some point. So then you do have some support in Florida. Yes, they moved to a retirement community in central Florida. Oh, the the so it wasn't right. Oh, to the villages? The villages. Oh, right on. This is I giant retirement Somebody community. else I know has... Uh, oh, yeah. Our it's friend been Amanda. in the news. Yeah, it's <laughs> our friend Amanda. Her parents live there. <laughs> and I've yeah. driven through there and been like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, but so... And then... Um, when... Then you all shift and you move to Mexico. So this is like... Kate was older by then. She was, Right. Kate's in college. She's on her own and, path mm-hmm. at that point. But you guys decide Mexico. And is that because it's like sort of the freedom of the boat without having to be on the boat? Or like, what is that choice? Where does that, that choice? Well, John was in? sick by that point. Oh, right. John's sick at that point. So that choice was that we, we had been living on a boat. Uh-huh. We had a catamaran at <gasps> right, that point. Right. Uh, and, um, but we... Um, as he got sicker, um, it, it, he still he still was really vigorous, mm-hmm. but it, it was just you know we worried that we'd be out and the storm would come, yeah. and so we we and it was hard for us. But we just we sold that boat and yeah. moved to Mexico because we didn't we wanted to still enjoy life and yeah. not just be stuck with hospitals and things totally. like that. Totally. So, oh my gosh, wait, I wanted to ask about that. So I mean th- this will make sense, but you are doing this incredible commuting. So I'm yeah, I'm going back in time a little bit. <laughs> you guys are flying out of these little tiny airports in the Caribbean and then yes. like make getting like puddle jumper to puddle jumper. How to go back to Manhattan, like yes. to do, to have like a work meeting. Yes. And then you're going, so what, 
That was one of the parts where, because y'all, before we started this interview, I'm like, Susan, I want a series. And I think it's partially because of the way like television or whatever you even call entertainment nowadays has us all like kind of addicted to series. But that, you breeze over that like it's nothing. <laughs> so I want to hear about that. How, yeah. how are you doing this? Yeah, well, we, um, we did that really throughout the trip. Yeah, um, <laughs> a lot of times. And as we went further further south, it got even harder. But, but say even in the Bahamas, um, uh, well, we did it. Well, actually, at that point, we were in NASA, so it was fairly easy to do, to fly out of NASA. But still, mm -hmm. we had to, you know, um, one of us would stay on the boat, and the other one would fly up to New York. And then when we got to more remote areas like Guatemala, <laughs> and we were up a jungle river. Yeah. Um, we had to take, you had to take a, they were called pangas. They were these little, little uh, launch boats that the locals used mm -hmm. to go to, to an area where um, I think the pilot, the pilot would pick you up and then go, you'd go to this little grassy strip that was the airport and, you know, fly to Guatemala City uh -huh. on this very, on this two seater plane. <laughs> uh, two seater plane. So it's just you and the pilot. Yeah, just you and the oh, pilot. That's so cool. <laughs> and uh, wow. Yeah, and then you fly. Uh, I don't even. I don't remember if there was a direct flight out of Guatemala City to New York. But um, right. I mean, I guess if you're commuting to Manhattan, yeah, it's probably not as challenging. Yeah, but man, so you are like little plane to the city, to whatever main city, and then out. And so was that usually like a one day or like a three day thing or like one day? That's a one day. How cool! And for John, that was just that—that that was just his image of himself, because he, he grew up in Africa. And for That's him, another thing—you just breeze over that in here. I'm like, I want what? Africa? Like, yeah. yes. His dad, was, his dad was a metallurgical engineer, and he—and he, that's one reason I think he really wanted to do this with Kate, that uh, just to broaden yes. the cultural experience that, that you just don't get in the states. Yes, because you're right. in your confined community. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So. so that's how he saw, right, right, there's, you do kind of touch on that, on like this, this kind of image or he like. He saw himself really internationally. Yeah. And so for him, starting on a panga up a river and ending up in Manhattan was just, he just loved it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> for me, I it was more it. of a pain, but for him, he just loved it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like I love yeah. it. I don't know if I actually love it because that's, I've never done yeah. that, but, but you know, and it reminds me of, again, for the listeners, this is very like the late Anthony Bourdain, I feel like he really would have liked this story, you know, or, and, you know, for any of us who, who are kind of deeply connected to him and kind of yearn for that, you all are doing that as a family with a child. And that's really inspiring. It's really, really, it was wonderful. <sighs> it was, um, and, and I think Kate looking back, if you do wind up interviewing her, <laughs> I think looking back, she sees it as um as a broadening experience totally. and a and a huge adventure. Yeah. And what was so great on the trip are things like like when there was a hurricane and, and John was away and I had to handle everything. For Kate, for me, it was a it was really stressful. Yes. For Kate, it was a huge adventure. Totally. Her, for her and her friends, oh my God, this was so much fun. It was so boring before that. Uh -huh. Now here here comes some excitement. And you know? so as a parent, like because I feel like you know I just recently bridged the gap from like maiden to mother. I mean, recently it's been four years, but I remember the significant difference of like, I remember when hurricanes were exciting. I remember that deeply. And I remember as a child being in the Bahamas and like, you know, batting down the hatches and all that kind of stuff um, for hurricanes. And, but then when you become a parent and then really up the ante, put yourself on a boat, 
the level of preparation and and angst and and fear and responsibility you feel responsibility oh my god yes but i but i but you know so i feel like i can feel that i feel the one foot in the mother's shoes in your shoes and then one foot in kate's shoes where yeah. it's just like woo this is awesome yeah. game on like oh yeah. god they're swimming around in that river <laughs> oh that part is just like <laughs> as a parent you're like freaking out yeah. but as a child reading yeah. that you'd be like of course duh. Yeah. what else are you gonna do like ride the dead pig i don't know oh yeah. my god <laughs> amazing okay so yeah so then so but ultimately the story does take like the tragic the tragic sale which is john's sort of illness snowball that happens yeah um, and just, you know, for any listeners who, um, and readers, you know, who have loved ones who have passed, I think this story is going to be, they'll resonate with, with that. Yeah. And there's a part where you're sort of, where you have like a, an anger or like a frustration with how the uh, doctors were like, oh, everything's going to be fine. They kept kind of doing that to you all. Can you just speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I, I had my own denial about it, um, cause that was hard, really hard for me to accept that um, he had a terminal illness. To yeah. me, I, I just personally <laughs> took it in another direction in yeah. my mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, his personality wouldn't, sounds like it wouldn't really let you believe that that was the case no. anyway. And he, and as, like, until the really last couple, he lived for four years with uh, cancer, and the right. last couple weeks uh, really were the only time that he was sick in bed in a hospital for that length, you know, and really couldn't get up. But, yeah. but before that, he, you know, We'd go to lunch, and mm -hmm. yeah, maybe he had to sleep for quite a bit. But so, do you feel like being in Mexico was like that? Like, was probably really nice. Like, it was really nice. We feel so sick. And for John, it was important because he didn't want to be the cancer guy. Mm -hmm. um, so he didn't. He at first we, we didn't tell anyone that he had cancer. Yeah. Um, but that was hard for me because I was uh, kind of alone with this huge thing going on mm. that was scary. Mm -hmm. um, but I found friends. Mm -hmm. um, and Al-Anon, that's where I actually found Al-Anon. Right. Um, <laughs> I know, and I've like always wanted to ask you how you found that. So that's when you found it. Yeah. yeah. In Mexico. Yeah, I knew about it before. I attended a little, you know, I knew about it a little bit before, but I wasn't mm -hmm. really into it. Yeah. Um, and th that, so I, that, that's where I looked for it, and it, it was so helpful. So helpful. Because I had a place to talk about my feelings. Yeah. Um, but, but eventually, um, John, we met some people that we became good friends with, and John did talk about it, which was great. Yeah. Um, and also, he was losing his voice at that point, and um, you know, we'd go to parties, and he, people couldn't hear him. Um, and what what really made me happy was that he kept talking. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, who you know. <laughs> You can say it. Yeah. Who gives a fuck if they can hear? Exactly. Don't can say anything on here. It would really piss me off when people would say, you know, what is that? What did you say? And they might not have known that he was even sick, you know. Oh, of course. So, um, yeah. Which is what he wanted. You knew. I knew. That's the thing. You knew. But, yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. not showing that to anybody. And with the doctors, um, that, that was just so, when it, at the end, when he was really sick, and, and something happened with his heart, but his main condition was cancer, but... Um, so the, the, the you know the, the cardiologist waltzed in and said, "Oh, you know we fixed everything that clot or whatever it was." You know, we, oh look, and he's, he had some charts and diagrams. I mean, well, John was so sick at that point, and I knew at that point I had accepted how sick he, you know that maybe I hadn't accepted he was going to leave us, but I accepted how sick he was. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Uh, that made me really angry. Yeah. That, um, that sort of breezy thing. like, oh, it's fixed. Uh -huh. It's not fixed. He's really sick. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that, mm. kind of all my anger came out with that. Yeah. That, that you know, that poor doctor. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing their best, but, yeah, but at the same time, you know, one of the things, and I, I visit this on the podcast with other guests, you know, with different people, um, I just think, and I'm not a doctor hater at all. Like, I think there's always a time and place, you know, for all of us in our trades and the things that we're doing and the things that we're passionate about. But to tell anyone their fate, I think is, is so like, it's literally inhumane. Like, it's not human. We don't have that capacity. You can guess, you know, but like nobody really knows what anybody's capable of. So that always, you know, when I read that, when I read that in the book, I, I too was like, you know, just the, every time they're giving like, you know, this many this, or, you know, it's just these numbers and, it, and, we, and we're riding on what they're saying and it just seems so, you know, look at all the things that you all did. Yeah, look at the incredible things that you all did. And, you know, so to just be told by someone who like really doesn't know you and doesn't know what you're capable of and yeah. truly doesn't know your body, you know, um, I find that also challenging. I loved it that when he, so when he had radiation treatment that we sailed up. Yeah, I know that <laughs> we was sailed so up for ballin'. It. And then, you know, <laughs> we're here. <laughs> we drove to Orlando for the treatment. Mm -hmm. This is in Florida. And, um, but that was just, you know, that was us. That was our home. Our, that we had lived on a boat at that point, and mm -hmm. back on the boat. Right? Yeah, we we're back on another boat. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I felt we kept true to ourselves through the whole, through our whole experience together. Yeah. And so, end of life. I mean, that's so a lot of a lot of what we talk about on the podcast. Um, we talk a lot about birth and actually, I mean, Kate's birth story, huh? Selfishly, because I've already heard it. I breezed over it, but, um, <laughs> you know, you do speak about Kate's birth story. I do actually talk about and her you, birth. And that really beautiful, you shared that with me on the phone one time. Can yeah. you share that with the listeners? Oh, yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I was an older mother. I got pregnant at the age of 41. <laughs> And um, when I was uh, eight months pregnant, John got sober. Oh, right. And um, I was fat. I was uncomfortable. I was eight months pregnant. <laughs> eight months. He went into a rehab for four weeks. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> He's supposed to be attending to me. I'm, I'm scared of this thing that's going to have this labor that's going to happen. Yeah. And, um, and uh, then he, you know, he, he came out of the rehab mm -hmm. sober and he stayed sober for the whole, you know, 28 more years of his life. Amazing. And um, we thought we had two more weeks till Kate would be born. But the first weekend home, my water broke. It was at midnight on a Saturday, and I prompt very Kate before <laughs> yes. a little before she was early a little bit before so efficient yeah, yeah. very efficient yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so John um, you know I, I went into him and I said I think my water broke and he said he started to laugh at me I think at my expression mm. 
and, and actually his laughter made me happy because he had been so irritable coming home because mm. that's it's hard when you're newly sober totally. I had no understanding of this at the time yeah and um, he so we went to bed and um, our, my doctor had told me to call her when pains were six minutes apart mm -hmm. so pain started I woke up I shook John awake because I wanted him to time them for me <laughs> And his response was, time them yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which really, so good. really pissed me off. So. But I didn't even know how to time them. I think, oh my God, well, you know, do I start at the beginning? Do I start at the end? Right. So I just got up and I walked around the house all night. Uh, and I had made jello for just this, ex just this occasion. Yeah. So I had all this jello in the What flavor jello was it? It was lemon jello. Okay. Oh, wait, you did say that in the book. I think it was. You yeah. totally did. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And I played Billie Holiday because I really loved her, and she, mm. would, I know, it was just the right mood. Yeah. And then when it, they were um, six minutes apart, we went to the hospital. John was up at the, by this point, <laughs> and two nieces came. I wanted a natural childbirth. I didn't want to have any drugs, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> it was really a slow labor. So about you know, ten, twelve hours. And my doctor, it was ten, twelve hours later. Um, my doctor kept asking about about drugs and offering them, yeah. and I kept refusing them. And the nieces were very strong and refusing them. Yeah. <laughs> and John, meanwhile, was smoking outside, but he kept checking on me. Yeah. And finally, um, I was in a lot of pain, and and uh, you know, it wasn't dilated enough. And um, I asked to see John alone, and. He said, well, I don't know if this will help, but um, I'll tell you the serenity prayer, which was new to me. And it was, you know, God grant me the serenity to, um, <laughs> I'm blanking now. Grant me the serenity to accept, accept the things, things I, can't I cannot change. change. The courage, and the wisdom to, courage to change, to change the things, things I can, and, and the, the wisdom, wisdom to know the difference. difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I say it every day now, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but anyway, he said that to me and I just started crying and I said, I want the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I also realized that I, cause I had been so mad at him because um, he was so irritable. And I just realized how much um, he had gone through getting, mm. you know, becoming sober. And I was so happy, actually, that he had done that. Like in that moment. In that moment, it's I realized so that. Cool. And it was just like all that anger melted away. Yeah. And I got the drugs. And you probably <laughs> dilated like right then and there, you yeah. know? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, so she was born, so you know, not too long after that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That was... Oh, gosh. And then you're a mom. And, yeah, and, and yeah. she was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> of course. And your account, I mean, your accounts of, of early motherhood are really beautiful. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, that's a really nice. Well, I, it's funny. I kind of like forgot, you know, that I talk about birth on this podcast That's right. because I'm so excited to talk about sailing and like water, you know, being on the water, but it is something that I talk about a lot. Yes. That's your, that's sort of my thing. That's your thing. <laughs> yes. Of course we have to talk about that's it. That's sort of my thing. Yeah. But, and that moment is so beautiful. Yeah. You know, because, um, and the serenity prayer is, is, it is such a, and for John, like that part where you come to realize like, what he's just birthed, you know, essentially like his new chapter of his life yeah. being a, 
He no. was amazed at how much, because it was, it was after that, when Kate was about three or four, I guess, that we got the boat that we eventually went sailing on for right. that voyage. He was amazed how much more time he had when he wasn't drinking. It's so <laughs> funny when you write about that, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we... <laughs> Those of us who turn that corner, it is amazing. Yeah. It is like, yeah, you're like 10 times the more productive. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I think for y'all's safety, I'm so glad that he was a sober sailor. I don't, well, we, I don't, we couldn't have done it if he weren't sober. Yeah, um, so many sailors yeah. are, though. Yes. You know, very. It's a problem. Very. On the water. Yes. I bet, I bet. <laughs> See, that's another thing. I feel like you could have, like, drunken sailor stories. You guys have to have so many from people you've, you know, uh, witness and our own before John stopped drinking and your own before yeah <laughs> yes oh exactly <laughs> yes oh yeah we had yes we were, yes <laughs> but so well so and and but one of my newfound connections you know is the the closeness to the beginning of life story which is birth to the end of life story um, and how divine they both are and how hugely transitional and it's almost like a metamorphosis of the being um, and how natural it is. And how totally natural. Yeah. Inevitable. It's really the only, it's the only thing that we all know is going to happen in our lives. Mm -hmm. Is that our lives are going to end. Yeah. I, I've, I had, I have a, I had a much, I had such a fear of death before John's illness. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing. It's really but cool. But it's because I went through that. Yeah. That's really cool. And I was cool. privileged to go through that and, and to be there mm -hmm. with him. Yeah. So it's an, it's a really beautiful, um, recount in the story as I was, yes, crying in the car, reading it. <laughs> um, and well, yeah, um, I feel like, well, is there anything else that you would like to share, um, that uh -huh. you haven't gotten to state yet or I think anything? Well, gosh, I can. You're an author now. I'm so excited. I mean, an you're now. an author now. It took me 13 years to write this book. Oh, but I feel like the gates have just opened. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. we will put them all in the show notes and stuff, like the links um, to how to get the book and to, um, you know, listeners in New Orleans is where the launch is going to, the book launch is going to be. The book launch is going to be a Blue Cypress book. So, yep. Blue Cypress on October 19th. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they can all find this at your Facebook page or your website or? My website. Okay, so we're gonna put links to all of this in the show notes, um, but the website is holding fast. It's susancole.com. Susan-cole.com. Susan-cole.com, yes, for those of us who are just too, can't go to the show notes, I get it. <laughs> um, and, and also in the back of the book, you do say that the, the people could write to you on the Facebook page. Is that a thing? Oh, there's like yeah, a Facebook you know, group that or thing, something. That thing, that's that was just somebody else did that for you. Someone pushed you into that. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's another it's another um, it's a memoir group that I belong to. Oh, it's a where they can contact memoir writers. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, get the book. You have to get the book, get and the then you'll book, see yeah. it. It's in the back right. of the book. Right. Um, and there's some beautiful photographs in the back of the book. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm just so excited to see, are you planning on doing, um, taking the book on a tour? Yes, I haven't, um, I, I know, I know I'm going to be going to Florida. Mm -hmm. Not sure where else yet. Mm -hmm. I'll probably go to the Northeast. Yeah. Um, and around Louisiana mm -hmm. and Mississippi, mm -hmm. the Gulf Coast. 
Because I think people around the water would be interested in the story. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I actually um, just got an idea too for the, the Abaco Inn. Shout out Abaco Inn down in um, Hopetown. I mean, I know you didn't. You guys didn't go to Hopetown, I don't think, or at least in the book. We didn't go to the Abacos. We went we to, to the um, Abacos. Exumas. The Exumas. Yeah. But there's a really. I have a nice relationship with. Um, with the Abaco Inn, and they have a beautiful gift shop in this. Oh, I feel like cool. this would be such a beautiful little oh. um, drop in there. So oh, um, shout out to you guys <laughs> at the Abaco Inn great. down um, in the Abacos. But yeah, so Yay. for the listeners, please um, read Susan's book, um, Holding Fast, because it 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 will like unleash your dreams. That's another big part of my work um, in the rebirth, rebirth course that I'm teaching, um, which is inspired by, originally it was inspired by working with pregnant individuals, bringing life into the world. But then I realized that so many of these conversations would be pertinent to prior to getting pregnant. And even after you have children, it's like just re diving in. Um, but one of the big things I do is talk about like vision or like birthing your ideal, your fantasy, your, your dream life, because so many of us don't. So many of us hold back and do what we think we should or do what we think our parents thought we should or whatever. And this book, if you're kind of like teetering on your dream life and you dream about it, but you're still in your cubicle or doing whatever you're doing, pick up holding fast because it will light a fire inside of you, you know, to whatever that dream might be. So um, thank you so much. Thank Susan, you for coming on the show. And thanks listeners. <laughs> we'll see you next time. And that's a wrap. Let's go have dinner. The fantastic, wonderful, daring, bold, and amazing Susan Cole. Thank you so much again for spending this divine time with me, um, talking about the book, talking about Holding Fast, and everybody out there, pick it up. It is such a fantastic read. I am in the process of um, trying to convince Susan to do an audible version uh, because her speaking voice is just so amazing and um, I just feel like when the authors read their own books, like, oh, it's so magical. So don't wait for it, though. Go ahead. Get the real book. It's so nice to hold a book in your hands. This is such a good book to take on vacation. Um, and it's also just a good book to have by your bedside to kind of give you a little, you know, nighttime vacation. Um, anywho, thanks again for tuning in. Special thanks to Christiana Dancer, my producer, for making this all happen. She's so patient with me. Bless her heart. <laughs> and for the fabulous Justin Briggs, just in case, Justin Briggs, um, out there in Brooklyn. He is the creator of this fantastic beat that drops um, in and out of the show. And gosh, I'm going to thank Kate Russell and Alex Reed, who are my sister and brother-in-law. And um, of course, Damien for bringing us all together. So, um, and baby Max, welcome to the world. All right. See you next time. The Rain Studios podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Ahoy hoy. Ahoy hoy.